Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Let's dive in. I am your host, Ryan Laudermilk. I've been at Microsoft for over a decade. My most recent focus is OKR software and OKR methodologies. Joining me now again, once again, part three, the final <laughs> culmination. I'm sure Roger is like, thankfully, uh, this is over. Uh, Roger from Therapy Giants, the OKR firm from Manchester. Welcome back, Roger. Hey, Ryan. Good to be back again. I know uh, I shall I shall miss this. If the, um, it's been a regular regular date for a few weeks now. Yeah, this won't be the last time, Roger. You're not off the hook. Uh, so, listen. If you have been listening to this series, uh, we've sort of this is the final part three on this, and what we've been talking about is scaling your OKR program. So, if you've missed the earlier parts, you definitely want to go back and, and listen to these in linear fashion because they kind of stack on each other, but. What we've been talking about is really sort of how do you get started? Um, we covered that in part one, just to kind of run up to the topic, Roger, in fairness, which is like, hey, you got started, you did a pilot. How does this kind of scale? This is now sort of the point we actually wanted to meet on, which right. was like, you know, now that you need to scale this, how do you go about that? What are some tips and tricks that we're seeing out in the field that folks are using to now scale this out really to the rest of the organization. Again, these pilots usually start with anywhere from five people to you know, 30 or 40 people. But now when you have to roll it out to 600, to 800, to 1,000, what are some things that folks need to think about? When you think about that, Roger, what is the first thing that sort of top of mind for you to say, you know, the CEO comes and says, hey, this was successful. We're all in. Now let's get everybody in the organization. What are maybe we'll just do like three things today. You're number one. What what is the first thing you're advising them? Okay, so uh, the first thing they need to do is to all get on the same page about how they're going to use them across the organization. Um, the instinctive response that I've seen. Many come up many, many times is for them to just go, right, everybody, individual OKRs across the piece. And that's that's the that's the best way to kill them because you've already got chances are you've probably already got a way of setting individual objectives anyway. So um yeah. All right, it might not be perfect and probably could do with some some rework, but it's not what OKRs are there for. And I've just been having this conversation with a client already today who is a couple of, well, a very large multinational pockets of OKR practice have emerged, but there's no consistent, you know, company-wide approach on it. And some areas are using them for performance management. Some areas are using them for strategy execution. And it's a real hodgepodge. Um, and and so in terms of the feedback, as I'm doing a piece of analysis work for them at the moment, in terms of the feedback that's coming through, there's a lot of confusion, a lot of confusion. And that's a real barrier to adoption if people don't understand them. And also um, it causes them to make assumptions you know that they can be related to pay so on and so forth which again can put up another barrier another fuel resistance even further so you've got to get on the same page about how you're going to use them across across the organization and kind of part of that i think has to be the acceptance that it might not actually go across the whole of the organization might Interesting. not be, might not be right might not be right because it's been a long-held 
belief of, of mine and my teams and has been again through this piece of research I'm doing at the moment in this in this multinationals echoed by a lot of people that they see OKRs and this is one of the ways to differentiate them from you know traditional MBO approaches that you only use them really you hold them back you reserve them keep them keep them reserved for the transformational activity the real the activity which is going to deliver major growth major change major major transformation major improvement you don't use it for tracking tasks running projects or um overseeing and monitoring business as usual okay now coming back to my point uh, uh my comment a couple of minutes ago about being prepared for okrs not to necessarily go across the whole of the organization what sits behind that is it's not always possible for every single team and therefore individual in the organization to directly contribute towards some form of transformational activity you know there are people in the organization who have a really valuable job but it's actually um the work is pretty transactional okay so the right way of tracking and managing performance uh, in in that area of, of that type of work are your common or garden health metrics like KPIs and balanced scorecards and so on and so forth. And this is where there's a really important interplay between OKRs and KPIs. And sometimes when I'm having this discussion, clients will say, well, does that mean that those that are working with KPIs are kind of like second-class citizens, you know, the poorer cousin. Um, well, it depends on how you want to position it, leaders and managers, because it's your job to make sure that everybody feels that sense of contribution, that's, that everybody understands the value of, of what it is that, that, that they're doing. And that is just as possible to do with anybody that is... Um, working with KPIs as it is for anybody that's working with OKRs. Um, and I'll tell you as well, there's a huge dependency between OKRs and KPIs because if your KPIs are read across the board, you will not have any bandwidth at all to be focusing on your OKRs. So you absolutely need your rocks, your transactional people to be working really well to allow the business the freedom the flexibility the scope to go and focus on you know the the transformational activity so there's there's a massive dependency there so long way of answering that that first that you know what's the number one thing everybody needs to get on the same page about what they're using them for so be conscious about the design of how you're going to deploy okrs more widely across the organization there is a way of helping more teams, perhaps that don't fall within the um, uh, within the direct line of sight of the current set of transformational OKRs. Okay, that there is a way of of, of enabling them, empowering them to use, still use OKRs, and it's what we call we call those. <laughs> really imaginative name but we just call those team okrs okay mm -hmm. and the, and the, 
we could the difference between those and our, our hard-aligned OKRs, which are strategic, transformational, and tactical. Um, the team OKRs, they don't fall within that regular. We must realign every three months, so on and so forth. Cadence, yeah. I mean, they can certainly fit with that cadence if they want to, but nobody from leadership is looking down on them and you know closely monitoring them, if you will. Um, what they do though is they allow, uh, say, for instance, a frontline team to have a look at the strategic themes and the strategic objectives and think hmm, maybe there's something there's something we can do locally here to do our you know to to make our contribution towards that we feel that we could get better at this or make a small change here or whatever so by all means they can create an OKR around that and use that locally the only difference is like i said no one's going to be looking for what difference does that make to the one that it's aligning into because it doesn't actually directly align into one if that makes sense. There is a, a soft alignment, like I say, into that strategic OKR or that strategic theme. That's a way of helping more people in the organisation to benefit. Now, coming back to the, the point about sort of rolling out, um, again, another another client I'm talking to at the moment did a setup of their first set of OKRs last week. Um talking to them this morning about next steps and how they um how they start to build momentum with them unfortunately this client is um being or not letting them not letting their enthusiasm get the better of them <laughs> <laughs> because they have uh, been quite measured about how they want to how fast they want to roll out um and they they want to get good at OKRs first before they kind of release it on the wider organization or, or certainly wider into further into the organization. And they um interesting, they're running on four four month uh, periods rather than three month oh, periods. It's interesting. Yeah. What more and more are nowadays actually. We're finding that. Um you know, they'll forgo one reset per year for a slightly longer run at the objectives. I think it depends on how how agile the organization is in the first place because pushback that we've had from some organizations that are haven't been that used to agile practices it feels like that we've as, as soon as we set them we've got to be thinking about the ones for the next quarter and there's just no actual breathing space yeah fair enough okay well it works for some it works but not for others anyway so their first four-month period starts beginning of September, runs through to the end of December, and they've decided in that period that they only want to have two levels of OKRs, the 12 months and the three months. And this goes across across the organisation, sorry, the four months. <laughs> and then, again, what we were talking about this morning is what does the second term and the third term look like as they go into next year? And we're talking about, okay, maybe you can go down to a third level of OKRs in in the second term. And then the third term, you can maybe expand out to use those unaligned team OKRs if you wish to. Um, But what knits all this together, and we're going to be doing for them very soon, is actually training up um, 
a cohort of OKR coaches internally for them. Um, they've got a number of roles in the in the in the organisation uh, which are kind of chief of staff type roles um, for different divisions, and they are earmarking those. Some of them aren't actually in post yet, but they're earmarking those as OKR coaches as well, and they are instrumental in this rollout in in disseminating it further into the organization you know because the last thing any client wants to do is to be pulling us or any other consultancy back in each time they want to train up a new team because that's just it's slow cumbersome and expensive so right from the word go we've always been about um helping the client to build up that 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 competency and capability uh, and you do that through through the OKR coaches. Um, so, um, you know, one of the other things which they need to decide on, you know, is um, how are we going to build this, or, or rather, who is going <laughs> is going to be in this internal community of practice that we need to build up, and who's going to lead it because it needs it needs a head coach, if you will, who's going to be the uh, the leader of that. So, you know, I'm, I'm fascinated by something. So number one, obviously you said get on the same page. Mm-hmm. Number two, the tip is get a cohort of OKR coaches. I want to go back to number one yeah. about getting on the same page. I'm fascinated. And this is what I love about talking to you because you live in the future. I mean, many of the people that listen to this podcast are, you know, living in the present and that's okay. You're doing great work. We're all doing great work in the present. But, you know, at the risk of embarrassing you, Roger, you sort of have been doing this for so long. You do live in the future. And this idea of transformative OKRs Mm -hmm. versus team OKRs, Mm -hmm. I want to swirl around this a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I think a couple of questions. Number one is if I'm doing just team OKRs, which arguably, Roger, if we're fair, is 90% of the implementations that are out there, right? It's it's getting an organ... Maybe maybe 90% mm. is too much. But I'm, I guess what I'm arguing is, and, and again, feel free to disagree. This is what makes the pod great, is a bulk of the OKR implementations that I see are team OKRs. And by definition, what I mean by that is, I think you said, you know, not tasks. I'm not so much interested in that. Projects, I'm actually not so much interested either. Mm. But I think it is the business as usual, right? What is it that we all want to get together to do in the next 12 weeks, the first cycle, mm. right? That first three months. And then subsequently, um, the CEO or the the CTO says, hey, here's what we want to accomplish this year, mm. right? And then we kind of just, again, chunk away at that in every 12-week cycle. That's most mostly what I see I'm fascinated by saying, hey, let's not use OKRs to do that, but let's actually use OKRs for transformative work. My first question to you is, with that juxtaposition, and perhaps maybe you don't see a juxtaposition, but for just argument's sake, Mm -hmm. this juxtaposition between transformative and business as usual, which we're calling team OKRs, do you see some sort of disconnect there? In other words, you know, you've got senior level, maybe the C-suite or maybe one level beneath, beneath that doing some transformative work and sort of maybe the worker ants are going, yeah, yeah, that's great I, that you want to transform the organization and that you've got people you're answering to. And yes, shareholders want to see us get better and transform, but I've got stuff to do. And their, and their life is the team OKRs. Well, what, what, what do you see between that play between the both? So... 
I mean, the way that you're describing team OKRs might not be quite the same way that we look at them. Okay. So, if 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 the team is using an OKR to drive improvement in a business as usual process, then fine. That's that's worthy of an OKR. Okay. If okay. if they're using it just to monitor and manage transactional processes, and that's a waste of an OKR. Okay. Yeah, and, and in fact, to your point, I think I see what you're saying, and that's actually antithetical to the framework, right? In other words, and I think it's in the book, uh, Measure What Matters by Doer, is that you never want to create an OKR, specifically a KR, that is just a project that has a deadline and you're meeting it. That's not really measurable. That's binary. It's like, did you finish the project? Did you not finish the project? That's not a, by definition. That's not a great KR. Is that what you're arguing? Uh, not quite. But that's a whole different conversation, which we can progress onto um, in a few minutes, perhaps. If you want to get into the intricacies of, of different types of key results. Now, what what I'm meaning there is, you, if you've got a say for sake for argument's sake, you've got a, a customer contact team. Okay. Um, they are uh, managing incoming contact through numerous different channels and they will have various different KPIs on how many responses they're sending out and how what against the volume that they're receiving and so on and so forth. And there's all that regular you know, performance measurement which you have in that type of environment. I would not expect them to have an OKR unless, unless there was a desire to improve service levels or a desire to improve call times, or something like that, in which case it's worth bringing the spotlight onto a particular part of their activity. And, you know, the question to them should be, we need to focus on this, we need to get this KPI up or push that one down. How do we do it, guys? What ideas have we got? And they co-create and build that 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 team OKR. The thing is that that is... Um, in 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 our um, model, if you will, um, that sits outside the hard aligned. This is the strategic priority. This is how it looks if we deploy it in the business over the next three to four months. Oh, and this might be the direct support that it needs. Okay, that that typically the the customer contact example which I'm giving typically would sit outside that all right i'm i'm this is great time is going to elude us here uh, because i'm <laughs> are we going to go for a see- fourth episode are we <laughs> oh goodness gracious uh only if you're so gracious but i i think um and again i, I just I, I i'm just a listener like everybody else mm. right i want to understand this i think for instance if we're talking you know customer success unit or a customer contact unit or right um maybe the leader of that maybe the c level right says you know oh, customers love us that's the objective right and then underneath that um what i think i hear you saying though is underneath that if it's just a quantity kr right uh in other words the the say the 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 cco of the customer success unit is like hey we want to answer 50,000 calls uh this year that's the kr that's not as interesting, you're saying, as maybe 50,000 calls. There's the quant, the quantity, but then also having a quality KR to say, hey, we want to enter 50,000 calls and we want to have four stars. 
But is that, I don't know. I feel like for you, you're going to bounce so, that back and say it's not transformative enough. That, but it depends because <laughs> if 50,000 represents a massive increase, if they only did you know 20,000 the year before and they want to do 50,000 this year, they're going to have to transform in some way. Yeah? Okay. okay. So in which case, that could well be an appropriate key result. Okay. Okay. It depends on on you know this this is this is about you know it's about focusing that spotlight of the OKR on transformational activity and that means growth, change, innovation, improvement, all those okay. things. But if they okay. if they in the previous year had done fifty thousand and they still want to maintain fifty thousand in the second year, don't. That's a waste. That's a waste of a spotlight of an OKR. That's where you know you have. Arguably, that even though it's called a key result, will have a, that that measure of incoming core volumes will be a KPI. It'll be on a it'll be on a health metric balance scorecard somewhere. So um, this is where uh, you know you then put it back into um, on onto that KPI scorecard, assuming that it's performing fine. Assuming that it's performing fine. So I wonder if, and again, I'm, we're continuing to kind of define terms, yeah. right? Like when we, I, I want to come back to business as usual, because I think we owe it to our listeners to sort of yeah. define what we mean by that. But I think transformative, we're starting to hone in on this to say, listen, if you're going to use OKRs, one of the requirements, if you come to There Be Giants, you're going to hold your customers accountable to saying, listen, our firm is about making your company better. Mm-hmm. If that's what you're interested in, then we can help you. Yeah. If you are interested in again just sort of running the business and and business as usual, right? That's less interesting. That's less compelling. Now, granted, to your point, and again, we reserve the right to say it depends because you might come into an organization. And I heard one time uh, an investor tell me this one time. They said if you could ever find a company that is being mismanaged you could potentially be sitting on a gold mine, <laughs> right? True. Because you, you really, I mean, it's bad. And so, so sometimes like, I guess we reserve the right to say it depends because if you come into a company that it's being mismanaged, goodness gracious, OKRs alone would be transformative just to say, to your point, can we get everybody on the same page? Mm. But let's assume that again, the customers that are coming to you, they're big names. These people have been in business for, you know, in some cases centuries. And it's like, Hey, we want to, we want to transform. We want to innovate. We want to be creative, and I think that's what you're saying is let's let's use OKRs to do that. Is is that fair? Yeah, it is. It is, and you know what? I think the problem in in my experience that a lot of organisations, irrespective of how long they've been in in business for, the the problem that they have when it comes to you know, OKRs or KPIs or whatever is that they have a very two dimensional view of performance. Okay, there are different. There are two fundamental different types of performance in an organization which both need to be managed, but managed in different ways. Okay, you've got um, you've got the transactional performance which we've talked about, yeah, um, and that is often seen with your usual, you know, targets and and and. Um, uh, and and metrics and budgets and so on and so forth and that's fine that's fine the, it, it's it's certainly not out of date but if that's the only way if that's the only tool that you use to manage performance in your organisation then don't be surprised if 
the majority of people in your organization are looking backwards and spending very little time looking forwards. The other type of performance is adaptive performance. And what that represents is um, uh, is how we um, how we adjust, um, how we integrate opportunities, uh, 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 react to threats, um, how we learn as individuals, teams, and organisations is evidence of growth mindset, as you might say. And <clears throat> the thing is that that is the type of performance which is so important these days because you know I mean everybody knows that business is a lot more um, volatile and, and unpredictable than it than it used to be, and the pace of change is so much quicker. So. Um, if we are not paying attention to that type of performance in an organization, then we will get blindsided. We will get blindsided. And, you know, that... that okay, it, I know it's, it, it's almost a cliche now because it's so often used, but when it came to COVID and lockdown, we had businesses queuing up at our door because they realized that they were nowhere near, their management systems were nowhere near as adaptive as they thought they were. And so we had some of the major telecommunications or broadcasting companies here in the UK saying, um, can you help us, please? <coughs> can you help us? Um, and so <laughs> we were all still working at home, um, but working with these massive companies to help them get OKRs in place. Uh, and that was that. That's it. So basically how it falls is OKRs work on the adaptive, the transformational and you've got uh, your KPIs, health metrics, uh, scorecards focusing on the transactional. Yeah. Does that does that create a, a distinction it, for you? It's so good. I, you just continually come on this pod and lay down gold. I don't. I think folks need to really take in what you're saying because if you're listening to this right now and you're an OKR coach or you even have your own practice. What you just said there is is has massive implications because how you come in and how you sort of pitch OKRs and then sort of how you hold your customer accountable to get them to where they need to be mm. is is critical. Mm. And they're really only going to be as good as you are as a consultancy or as a coach, right? In mm. fairness, I mean... Um, I see it all the time. I, I'm a big golfer and you see a lot of golf coaches. And again, these players are only going to be as good mm -hmm. um, as the coaching. Granted, some of these people are naturally gifted, but that, you know, so is everybody that's uh, on the European tour or the PGA tour. But um, and so I think, you know, as coaches, as we think about this transactional versus transformational you know, I think, do you think that this is fair that as a coach, if you're taking an organization, say maybe you've got three years of, of time to do this, right? Which I think would be ideal because mm. I think it does take some time. Mm. Are you okay with the approach of saying, hey, let's at least get them familiar with the framework by doing a little bit of transactional? And I kind of gave you an example of that, right? Which is like, hey, the person that runs the call center, they say, hey, we did 45,000 calls you know, the, in the last three months. We're going to try to do 55,000 with a closure rate of you know, 55 seconds, um, which is way better than our mm -hmm. three-minute closure at mm -hmm. the moment. 
that's again, that's very, again, transactional, right? But in some cases, it's transformational. It's exactly. getting us better. Because and it, just, so you're kind of dipping your toes into both. Yeah. Are you okay with that hybrid approach? I, I, I wouldn't call that a hybrid approach. Yeah, you're taking tran- transactional activity, but you want to transform it. You want to grow it. So it's worth the spotlight. Absolutely. So what you're saying is if I'm transactional, it's like, hey, we did 30,000 calls last mm. month. We're doing 30,000 calls. Everybody kind of come in Monday through Friday. Let's keep banging it out. And it's like, yeah. it's like, I, I, and so, and, and, and again, we, you even said it, and I don't mean to give transactional a bad name. No, I mean, no, a lot of ways, this is like, we've got shareholders to answer. This is not just keep the lights on type work. Mm. I mean, this is stuff that we're responsible for getting done. We owe it to our shareholders, our customers. We need to get this work done and KPIs and business reports are important. Yeah. But again, you are your approach is to say, listen, if you're going to have us come in and work with OKRs with you, this is going to be transformational work. This is going to be adaptive work. This is going to make sure, mm-hmm. and I may be painting with broad strokes here, but we're making sure that you're keeping the lights on for the forthcoming future exactly. because you are adapting, because you're growing, because you're challenging mindsets. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You've nailed it. Number one, getting back to it, is getting on the same page, making sure it's important, right? I mean, making sure... Uh, a couple of things, by the way, that you said inside of number one, lest we skip it, were individual OKRs. I mean, no, we don't need to talk about this at nauseum, but just individual o- individual OKRs down to the individual person, um, I think personally is absolutely... Um, horrible. Mm. Uh, it just doesn't play out well. Um, at the at, OKRs are at their best when they're team-based. Everybody's in the boat. Everybody's rowing. rowing. Yeah. Um, so I think that's 100%. important. I, you, you mentioned again, um, gosh, man, we, we come, we come to this topic all the time, you know, pay and performance and KRs. And it's like, Hey, if I turn my KR green or if I'm 120% of my KR, that means I'm getting hundred 120% of my bonus. That's not how OKRs work. And I think, and fr- frankly, if you're hearing this pod today and the, and you have in some shape or form, uh, your OKRs, specifically your KRs are tightly coupled to pay you're probably doing it wrong. And, mm. and and you may not think so today, but eventually you will run that course where what ends up happening is, is the OKRs are fighting against you um, and they get weaponized. And that's mm, absolutely um, can be yep. super toxic. Um, love it. So getting on the same page, uh, making sure we understand what we're doing. And it's really answering that question around, are we just being transactional we need to be transformative, holding ourselves accountable to that. With a little bit of the time we've got left, and we might need to do a part four on this. No <laughs> promises, people. All right? We're all sort of at Roger's grace and mercy here. But um, is a cohort of OKR coaches. Yep. Let's spend just maybe three minutes here because I think you nailed it in that you've got to have some people that see the vision. And I'm going to be so bold. And let me know if you agree. I feel like the biggest value that these cohorts of coaches offer is accountability. Your, your thoughts on that? Uh, yes. Uh, I, think, I think accountability is definitely part of it. Um, I think they are there also as the custodians of best practice. Um, so they can, they can own, if you will, the, um, the OKR playbook for the organization so they understand what they're used for, how they're used, when they're used, so on and so forth. And they can 
uh, go in and 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 help help guide and support um okr events that take place they can train teams to run them themselves they might facilitate them for leadership um someone in that org in in that community can own if you will the calendar for the year because it may sound a bit basic but you actually need to have so that there's no confusion and understanding as to when the quarter starts when it finishes when we need to start planning for the next quarter so on and so forth it it you know unfortunately months don't start and finish neatly on a monday uh and a friday so you know what happens when one starts and finishes in the middle of the week you know there's all that all those practicalities which need to be uh just ironed out and it just helps kind of smooth the way it really does it 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 really helps so uh and then not to mention that it's not just the 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 kind of uh the governance aspect of of okrs Certainly, the way that we train our our coaches um, uh, that uh, uh, for for our clients is that there's probably about a sixty forty um, uh, split between the, the the governance and the and the and the the, the methodology to sixty percent actually the softer skills, the people and cultural skills. The building of psychological safety uh, to make sure that um, the OKR conversations are, are open and honest uh, in a in a really constructive way. Um, there's the coaching skills themselves. Um, there's facilitation skills. There's a whole whole heap of things in there which which they need to have. And interestingly, when we train up our coaches, they often say. <laughs> they find they've not just learned how to do okrs but they um, you know their their actual general managerial leadership abilities are are definitely enhanced by 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 doing it so you know i don't want to sit here and 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 sound like an advert for it but i guess what i'm saying is that you can't just train in okrs themselves it's the higher value activity, the higher value uh, impact comes from the stuff that you wrap around them. We're not going to just do an advert. We got to do a whole episode. I mean, that was, <laughs> I mean there, there was governance, uh, rhythm, rhythm of business, methodologies, uh, softer skills, psychological safety, facilitating. Like we should just do a pod on what makes a great OKR coach. Yeah. Um, and, and I think we, we need to spend some time on that. And, and frankly, to your point, it won't be an advert. We, there's not a lot of places, Robert, to be fair, uh, you know, in, in being able to, or Roger, excuse me, um, to be able to go out and get a, to be a great coach. Mm. People need this material. I think we need to talk about it. Time eludes us. We're done. Roger, no thank you for your time. I think we should do the pod. Neither one of us should commit right now. We should sleep on it. We should, before we commit, um, at least that's what, you know, my wise counsel always tells me, but nonetheless, <laughs> we may be back, but listen, listen, uh, thank you so much, Roger, for your time. Um, you listen, listeners, you can, you can spend your time however you'd like. And Roger and I are so thankful for you spending a little bit of it with us. If you'd like to find more about Roger, you can go to there be giants. You can find him there. And then obviously if you like this information and you want more of it, uh, the little OKR newsletter.com, you can go up and sign there. Uh, but for Roger and myself, thank you so much. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, Ryan.